Oh, good morning, Oakwood. Um, if you ever get a chance to go see Tim Hawkins live, a Christian comedian, he, um, you will definitely not be disappointed. He is a lot of fun. Hey, a couple things I want to d- just mention before we, we dig into this. Um, I need your help. We, we have committed 500 backpacks, and I just want to knock that out today so we don't go into next week worrying, are we going to have enough to, to cover that? Let's just knock that out, okay? You can drop the money in the Dollar Club boxes in the lobby, or if you give online, it's a Dollar Club, one of the little drop-down things. Let's just take care of that, okay? It'll take the, a great pressure off me. Second thing is um, something very exciting eight years ago happened this week is uh, Davis Park Christian Church and Oakwood Christian Church merged eight years ago, and God has continued to do great things, so... Uh, I think that's something worth celebrating. All right, we are going to be in a a little mini-series before Eric comes back from his sabbatical. It's kind of a family series. Today we're going to deal with what kids need, but they don't know it. Next week it's going to be what women need that men don't know. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. And then the last week will be what men need that women don't know. So everybody's going to get, get a turn, uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun. I want to tell you, though, uh, there has never been a tougher time in the history of the world to raise kids th- than today. And it really doesn't matter if you're thinking, maybe I'm not a parent today. Well, maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you're a, a, an aunt, or uncle, a teacher, a coach, We all have kids that we have influence over and that we're around. And we have the opportunity to make an eternal difference for them in their life. The truths that we're going to look at today, I think, are are important for us to understand. And and they are truths that are for kids, whether they're 2 or 22. Open up your Bible with me today to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read today from the New International Version. Um, And and this is a passage of Scripture parents like to stop at the very first verse on. They want to read the first verse, and then they want to kind of forget the rest of it. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay, that's it. But there's more. (laughs) Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy a long life on this earth. Okay, so kids, you understand if you do what's right and you obey your parents, they don't have to kill you when you're little, okay? You get to enjoy a long life. Verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. I want to tell you this world that you grew up in is different than the world kids of today is growing up in this world and culture is blatantly contradicts and defiantly contradicts anything that you try to teach and friends we're in a culture war for our kids today not with our kids but we're in a war for our kids there are new obstacles that they have to go through identity theft okay uh cyber bullying technology so- social media and then uh, this world is moving so fast, um, you know, it's just like speed of light. I, I heard one of our, our teenagers 
tell me, you know, and I was talking about them uh, doing something or dating somebody. I can't remember the exact conversation. And they said, oh, no, that was so 15 minutes ago. Like, wow, the world is changing that fast that every 15 minutes we've got to keep up? This world today is more evil than previous generations. Look at what's going on in the world. And I would like to be able to tell you that things are going to get better. Don't worry, hang on. But if you read through Scripture, you're actually going to find out that Scripture tells us that in the later days, it's going to become more and more evil. And in fact, it says many will abandon their faith. Kind of makes you wonder the wisdom of God trusting kids to us to raise them. His most precious creation, and He trusts us to raise them. I want to tell you, you're not going to be a perfect parent, okay? So let me just take that burden from you. There are no perfect parents. So let me just give, you know, take that from you. And I want you to give yourself some grace in parenting, all right? Our challenge, though, as parents is to help our kids navigate this crazy world and stay anchored in the Word of God. Amen? Okay. So there are some things that kids need that they're not going to tell you. There are some things that kids need that probably they don't even know. Okay? So if you're taking notes, I've got six things today that I want you to kind of write down that kids need. Okay? Number one is kids need unconditional love. Unconditional love. That's, this is not earned love. This is not performance-based love. This is not something that you've done something or didn't do something to earn love. This is unconditional love. This is the type of love that God has for us that you know everything about that person, the good, the bad, the ugly, and you choose to love them anyway. So we could talk a long time about love, but love is a choice. You have to choose to love people. And that's the kind of love that God has for us. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. And then Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, I've got to be honest, that type of love is not natural. That has to be practiced. That type of love is tough. And the best place to practice, I believe, is in your own home. So why is that the best place? Well, because you live with these people. You see, it's easy to love people from a distance, but when you're around them all the time, when you're up close and personal, it's tough to love people. And your family are the toughest to love. Amen? Okay. I want to amen to that. I mean, our family is tough to love. But when we practice love in our family, you're really learning to, to love. I think there are several ways that you can express love. And we need to express our love to kids. They need to know that they are unconditionally loved. One way is through affection. I think one of the best ways that we can love is through touch. Kids need hugs. They need touch. They need kisses. And dads, let me tell you something, because we're not very good at this sometimes, but let me tell you the easiest way that you can love your kids through, you know, unconditionally and, and give them the affection they need 
and moms hate this, is by wrestling, okay? Kids love to wrestle. Moms hate it, but kids love to wrestle. You kids quit, okay? But dad's doing it. He's, you know, okay, moms, give dads a little grace here. If they're wrestling with the kids, just let them wrestle, okay? They find great affirmation. There's a lot of love being transferred so if you're a grandparent or aunt or uncle or teacher, or youth group sponsor or Boy Scout leader, or coach, find appropriate ways to affirm and to give kids affection. Okay, I know we live in a politically correct world that I happen to disagree with that says you can't touch, you can't do anything, you can't hug, you can't... Okay, come on. I'm going to quit right there, Okay. I just disagree with that. Second way is through affirmation. They need to hear it. A lot of us grew up in a place in an era where men were men and women were women, you know, and um, they didn't express affection. They didn't express love. You know, that's what they've got a mom for if the kid needs tenderness, okay? They need to hear that from dads as well. And they need, to, they need to hear it more than once a day. We need to affirm them, build them up. We need to speak those words. My best friend in high school, his dad died uh, in a bad accident. He was hauling a load of wheat to town in a wheat truck. And he was hit by a Walmart semi-truck, and, and he was killed. And he never heard his dad say that he loved him. They were fishing one time, and... He said, Dad, you've never told me you love me. He goes, well, you know I do. He goes, well, why don't you just say it? He goes, I don't need to say it. You know I do. But, Dad, I'd like to hear it. You know, he left this earth, and he never got to hear those words from his dad. Son, I love you. Third way is through attention. I think one of the greatest gifts that we can give someone is the gift of our time. Undivided, undistracted attention. You know, like when you make eye contact, when you give them full attention, when you say to them, you're important to me. That means that we may have to turn off the TV, put down our cell phone, turn off the radio, quit whatever you're doing, and give them undivided, undistracted attention where you make eye contact. Now, don't do that when you're driving, okay? Just listen, okay? But what you're saying is you matter to me. You're valuable to me. I want to hear what you have to say. Cornell University did a study uh, just a little while back where they wired up a thousand dads with wireless microphones and they mic'd them for a, a couple of weeks and just recorded them what they said. And they found out on average that these thousand dads on average, spent 37 seconds a day in meaningful conversation with their kids. Are you kidding me? 37 seconds a day? It takes longer to be a good parent than 37 seconds a day. It takes longer than 37 seconds a day to communicate love. Moms and dads, I want to tell you a great way to do, to to communicate with your kids is at bedtime, okay? How many of you, kind of kids of all age, bedtime's a battle, battleground, okay? Anybody? 
Okay, a few of you are honest. Okay, kids don't like to go to bed. Very, very seldom do you hear, oh, mom, dad, can I go to bed already? No, it's not time yet. Wait. One of the best ways to communicate with your kids is at bedtime. They're not anxious to go to sleep. And you can sit down on the bed or lay down on the bed and talk with them about their day. And during that time, they just come, think it just comes pouring out. They'll tell you, it, it was, so-and-so was mean to me at school. You know, that teacher, I really don't like them because they give too much homework. Or, you know, this, they said this to me. Or they'll tell you about a boyfriend or girlfriend. You can read a book to them. Read a devotional. Most importantly, I think, to pray with them. But they're not going to be anxious for you to leave. Because they're not like, okay, go ahead and go now. I'm ready to go to sleep. No, they're not. They value that time as much as you will. Second thing, if you're taking notes, is kids need direction. They need direction, advice, and wisdom. See, a popular form of parenting is just to allow kids to make mistakes. Okay, make your own choices, and that's how you're going to learn. Okay, I under, I'm understanding, I admit that sometimes we do learn from the mistakes. But our job as parents is to give some direction and wisdom so that they do not continue to make mistakes or huge mistakes that are going to have devastating consequences later. So I disagree with that. Kids need direction. Hopefully we've got more wisdom, more life experience, and they need that direction. And, and should, studies show that one of the most important indicators of kids who grow up to be successful in life is a strong sense of right and wrong. A strong sense of right and wrong. And effective parenting demands, listen to this, friends, that we practice what we preach. It's called modeling. It isn't telling your kids one thing and then you go out and do something else. More is caught rather than taught. Our kids will catch what you do and what you say rather than what you tell them to go do. I want to tell you, parents, right now, if you're not influencing your kids and if you're not directing your kids, someone else will. And they will probably be directing them and influencing them in values other than your own. So someone's going to influence your kids. Make sure, parents, it's you. Because successful parenting cannot be accomplished in, in your spare time. And so if you have children, God has called you to be a responsible parent, to give them some direction. That's why you're the parent, to give direction and wisdom. It's an awesome challenge, isn't it? But God has called you to give that direction as needed. Third thing is that kids need discipline. They need discipline. They need correction because they're going to make mistakes. There are no perfect parents. We've already established that, so we're giving ourselves some grace. But there are also no perfect children, so they're going to need to be corrected and disciplined from time to time. They need accountability and training. Listen to what Hebrews 12, verse 6 says. The Lord disciplines those He loves. You see, we're supposed to model ourselves after the perfect parent, which is our Father in heaven, and He chooses to discipline us 
because he loves us, not because he wants to beat us up or to punish us or to, to make us sorry for doing something. He disciplines us because he loves us. So if you love someone, you got to care enough about them to correct them. Proverbs 13, 24 says, If you refuse to discipline your children, it proves that you don't love them. Proverbs 19, 8 says, Correct your children while there is still time, before it's too late. If you don't punish them, you are destroying them. And I want to tell you, discipline is one of the greatest sources of controversy between parents, between educators, between child psychologists. But if you're a Christian, it shouldn't be. If you're a Christian, the Word of God tells us we should discipline our kids. Now, there's a lot of forms of discipline, and that's something you have to, have to work out and find out what works for you. But to, to choose not to discipline your kids... We're seeing that every night. Turn on the TV and you're going to see the, the rioting, the looting, the, the burning down. I'll promise you, these were kids that were never disciplined. They were never taught right from wrong or they wouldn't be doing that. They were never taught the principles of God's Word or they wouldn't be destroying somebody else's property. I think teachers, coaches, referees, police officers, they all see the results of, of people that have not been disciplined. A lot of high schools right now have full-time assistant principals just strictly for discipline. That's their job. Correction and discipline. So scriptures tell us, if I don't correct my kids, I'm helping them fail in life. Now, we've got some helps that we can give you if you're struggling to discipline your, your kids. I think they have to be age-appropriate and, you know, offense-appropriate, okay? Uh, depending on what they've done, you know, to ground somebody for three years for a small offense might be a little harsh, Um be age, age and offense appropriate. Number four is kids need encouragement. Kids need encouragement. There has never been a tougher time to be a kid than today. I talked recently to a coach um, about this very thing. He said that we are forcing our kids to grow up way too fast. We do not allow kids to be kids anymore. If they're going to be in sports... They've got to pick a sport, and they've got to fully commit to it. They've got to work all year round. They've got to go to this camp and that camp, and they've and they just got to be all sold out to that. If they're in band, well, you're going to be in band. You can't be in anything else. Parents, look at your kids' homework. What your kids are learning in high, you know, junior high right now used to be high school-level material. What they're learning in high school... Probably many of us learned in college or graduate level. That's the speed at which we're pushing kids. We are pushing them faster than I believe God intended them to be pushed. We are not allowing kids to be kids. We think that they've got to be entertained and they've got to be scheduled all the time. 
there's a lot of pressure and stress in, in you know, in, in what kids go through right now. It tears their self-esteem down. We're living in a world that is constantly telling these kids that you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not athletic enough. And studies have shown, listen to this, that the self-esteem for kids plummet every year as they progress through elementary through high school. They get bullied in person. They get bullied on social media through technology. They see on Snapchat or Instagram, oh, I didn't get invited to, to that party or that event. And now all of a sudden, their self-esteem is crushed. And they're hurt. They're wounded. Happens every day. The older our kids get, the worse they feel about themselves. There's a great pandemic in America. Other than the coronavirus, it's called teenage suicide because kids would rather take their life sometimes than go face the peer pressure and the, and the bullying and the things that happen. Listen to this. A dynamic study group discovered the power of negative words, and they found that it takes three positive comments to undo the negative effect of one negative comment or one negative word. And if the, the, they also found out that if the words spoken in that meeting are negative, the entire tone of the remainder of that meeting is likely going to be perceived as negative as well. So kids need three times more positive than they do negative. So if you begin this conversation in a grumpy, grouchy manner, probably the entire remainder, as far as those kids see, of that conversation is going to be negative. And that's the kind of parenting that leads to anger, to kids being angry and frustrated and rebellion. Number five is kids need oversight in technology. And I could spend a whole hour on this. Um... In your bulletin today was a, a little handout from CDSA on some parental uh, suggestions for cell phones. Okay? You can read that. Agree with it, disagree with it, whatever you want. But I, I asked a lot of uh, our staff and some parents this week, at what age did you get your cell, first cell phone or what age did you give your kids a cell phone? They were all over the place. I heard a lot of parents say, I gave my kids a cell phone too early. And I wish I could go backwards. I'm going to be honest with you, and this might make some of you mad. If you give a kid a cell phone at too young of age, listen to this, you just gave away their innocence. Regardless of how we try to restrict their content, they are now being influenced by other people. And more than likely, that influence is greater than your influence as a mom or dad. Oh, yeah, but I, I restrict their stuff. Let me tell you, these kids have grown up with technology. They know it better than we do. They experience cyberbullying, exposure to pornography. They're vulnerable to pedophiles, sex crimes, all types of bad influences, scenes and images that you don't want them to see. Yeah, but I know what they're watching. Let me tell you something, parents. You can't keep up 
with the latest next technology. You see, when you figure out what they're doing right now or how they're communicating, they're already two apps ahead of you. That app that you think, you, oh, that was so 15 minutes ago. They're way ahead of you. And I'm going to stop right, right here for a second and address something called Snapchat. Some of you probably have Snapchat on your phone. There is one reason for Snapchat to be on your phone because you're saying, doing, or communicating with somebody that you don't want to communicate or you don't want it to be seen or, or, or revealed. Without exception, over the last probably four or five years, every couple that I've counseled that there's been marital unfaithfulness, without exception, Snapchat has been involved and it's been the number one tool of communication. But even when we send something on Snapchat, people do something they call screenshot, and so it never really ever truly disappears. But Snapchat is just one of the many apps that are, you know, some of them are hidden apps that people communicate, and so it can be hidden and then pulled back out when they need it. See, they've got this figured out. You can't keep up with them. They need you monitoring their portable devices. But I want to tell you something. Be prepared to be shocked. Be prepared for some tough conversations. There's a lot of uh, help and advice uh, on Right Now Media and through some of our stuff. If you guys are struggling with that, um, let me know and I'll try to, to plug you in. But when you hand over a cell phone, you've just handed away your kid's innocence. Number six, and I've said the best maybe for last. Kids need spiritual direction and leadership. And honestly, I think this is where we are failing today as parents. We provide them with so many things, cars, cell phones, the newest, latest fashion, the best sporting equipment. But sadly, we provide little or no spiritual Direction or leadership. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you wake up. See, what the Lord's saying is you need to talk about this all day long. When you get up in the morning, when you go to bed, when you're riding in the car, when you're eating a meal, you talk about the truths of the Lord and the principles and your values that are important to you. Dads, I want to talk to you just for a second. You've got the greatest responsibility when it comes to parenting and leading your family. Why? Because God said so. God made husbands and fathers, the leaders of their family. There's a reason for that. And this is where a lot of dads fail. A lot of dads will leave the spiritual leadership and the spiritual training and the spiritual education up to mom. You take them to Sunday school. You take them to church. You take them to youth group. You pray with them. You read a Bible story with them at night. Dads, you're failing your responsibility. Your job as a dad, listen to me, 
Your job as a dad and a husband is to make sure that your family is prepared to stand before the Lord Almighty. As prepared as you can make them, that's your job as a leader of the home. And we need to take that very serious. You need to teach them how to pray. You need to teach them to value God's Word, how to live a life to please the Lord. There's no greater task on this earth, I think, than being a parent. But I think when we just about get it figured out, then you become grandparents. My good one told me Friday night, he said, grandparents, he said, you know, that's a great joy, he said, and it's kind of a reward for not killing your own kids when they were little. Let me give you a couple quick pieces of advice, parents. First, depend on the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul to be the very best parent that you can be. Jeremiah's got some great words of encouragement for us. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you a great unsearchable things that you do not know. You see, as much as Lee and I love our kids and grandkids, we have to understand that God loves them even more. And when they are out of our sight or out of our protection, we have to understand that they are never outside of God's protection. They are never outside of His, of his wisdom and His sight. He's always watching. And when you can't be there physically, trust in the fact that God has taken care of them. Secondly, I want to just encourage you to enjoy this journey of parenting. Okay? When it begins, and maybe, Mom, you're getting up in the middle of the night with a cranky baby, changing diapers, or a fussy toddler, or maybe you're going through those um, times of being a parent of a junior high or a high school kid. They start to get a little bit rebellious and smart aleck, and they back talk and things. Let me t tell you, and you're thinking, why did I do this? Enjoy this because you will blink and it will be gone. It will go by so fast and you won't even understand it. You're going to look up and think, where did it go? And it's a road that which you can never, ever return. It's a one-way one -way journey, so enjoy it. Parents, the Lord has given us a great responsibility. So whether you're a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, a coach, a neighbor, Boy Scout leader, you have kids under your influence that you can apply these principles that need you, that need the encouragement. Pray with me. Father, thank you for giving us kids to influence Lord, they are moldable like a piece of clay. But one day that clay is going to become too hard and it won't be moldable and shapeable anymore. I pray that we will look to you for wisdom and guidance to be the very best parents and influence, influencers of our kids that we can be. In Jesus' name, amen.